the Lord has given to me for this morning a message from Psalm 46. And many people uh, over the years have been comforted by this psalm uh, in times of trouble. God, it says, is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. And the most famous person uh, to have uh, mentioned this psalm as a big help uh, was Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer. And he experienced much uh, worse difficulties than COVID-19. He uh, had to uh, stand against the might of the Holy Roman Empire and the Roman Catholic Church. And whenever he felt under attack and prone to feeling down, he would say uh, to his friend, uh, Philip Melanchthon, come, Philip, uh, let us sing together psalm 46 and let the devil do his worst and uh, another occasion uh, when this psalm uh, was used very powerfully uh, to uh, comfort people uh, was uh, during uh, the second world war Uh, we're going to be remembering uh, shortly the 75th anniversary of ve day Uh, but during the 50th anniversary Uh, of the day. Uh, An old uh, gentleman uh, who was uh, reporting uh, the uh, Second World War was interviewed and he was reporting uh, from the Isle of Lewis uh, in the Outer Hebrides and um, I believe more men proportionally uh, were uh, killed uh, in action uh, from that island Uh, than any other parts of the United Kingdom. And it was a very solemn occasion uh, when uh, their families uh, were waving goodbye to them as they were leaving uh, to go to the front. And uh, somebody uh, started singing uh, this psalm, the Scottish metrical version of it. And the whole crowd uh, joined in. uh, And the reporter said that was the most moving occasion uh, he had ever witnessed. Uh, Many of those young men uh, not returning home alive. So all I want to do is ask this morning, uh, why is this psalm, which was written thousands of years ago, uh, why is it so relevant, uh, not just uh, to somebody like Martin Luther, who was on the front line of the spiritual battle, uh, but even uh, to our nation uh, many, many years ago. And why have so many people, uh, even during uh, these difficult and dark days, uh, found uh, this psalm uh, to be uh, such a comfort? Well, the first reason I want to give is that the psalmist here speaks of a refuge. What's that, you ask? It is a shelter, and uh, the context here would have been uh, the enemies of Israel uh, attacking them, uh, the vast armies of the surrounding nations, and uh, the people of God taking comfort from the fact that they had a shelter uh, from uh, the enemy. 
And th this is the first reason why uh, this psalm is so important uh, to us. There is a shelter to be had in the midst of the storm. And uh, the uh, uh, people of the psalmist day, uh, they, many of them, uh, were trusting in the uh, size of their armies uh, to protect them, uh, or the number of resources they would have, uh, or the uh, safety of their fortified cities, how thick and high uh, the walls protecting the city would be. Uh, but uh, what gives the psalmist uh, and God's people uh, the comfort is that none of these things are the reason why we are protected. But it is God and God alone who is our refuge. God is our refuge and strength. And is he our shelter? Uh, that, that, that's uh, what's most important. Uh, we read, don't we, of people uh, who uh, may uh, be very wealthy and they may even have built bunkers uh, in their big back gardens to protect themselves from calamities. Uh, but that doesn't uh, count in the end. It is God uh, that alone uh, gives shelter. Uh, in uh, a nation like ours and other Western nations, maybe uh, we tend to rely on our uh, relative wealth uh, and uh, on the fact that we are better resourced than other nations. But they uh, don't seem to be able to protect us from this coronavirus. Uh, whatever part of the world we are in, we are all in the same predicaments. Only God can be a sufficient shelter. It's interesting that uh, the, the psalmist uh, uses the word strength uh, for refuge because God is our refuge. Then uh, we have uh, something strong that will protect us. So what, what are we relying on uh, in these uh, difficult and confusing days? Uh, is it uh, the shelter that is found uh, in uh, Jesus Christ? But when we think of him as our shelter, a very interesting phrase is used a very present help in times of trouble. Uh, that can be better translated, in troubles, he has been found to be a very present help. Let, let me give you an illustration of this. A few years ago, I found myself in one of the wildest parts of our country, the Kerngorm Mountains. And in the heart of those hills, you have a lake, Loch Arn, and it's surrounded by high uh, cliffs. It's like a, an amphitheater. And I was walking there in a storm. Uh, the rain wasn't falling vertically, but horizontally. And I'd heard, or I'd read in the guidebook, that there was a shelter uh, somewhere uh, near Loch Arn. Uh, it's very famous. It's a natural shelter and it's called 
the shelter stone. It's a huge boulder. And apparently uh, you can shelter uh, up to 10, 15 people under this stone. And it's, uh, it's been a lifesaver uh, to uh, many uh, mountain walker uh, in adverse conditions. But try as much as I did, I could not for the life of me find this shelter. It wasn't a very present help. I could not say uh, this shelter stone in the middle of the Cairngorms had been found uh, of me. But my friends, Jesus Christ is easy to find. He is the most accessible of all shelters. And it doesn't matter whether we are rich or poor. It doesn't matter what uh, culture we come from. God in Jesus Christ is a very present help in times of trouble. We are not isolated from him. Uh, the Bible says, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's the first reason why uh, this uh, psalm has been a comfort to God's people throughout the ages. It's because in the midst of the worst of circumstances, we can have God in Christ to be the one that is our refuge. It doesn't matter if we don't have any other means of protection. He uh, will uh, surround us uh, with his strength. And the most uh, terrible storm uh, that we are all facing is not the natural calamities or the man-made ones, but uh, the storm of the wrath of God. And it is only in Jesus Christ that we can find safety from that. But more about that later. All I want to ask uh, at the end of this first point is this, can, can you say, can I say with the psalmist, God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help for me. I have found him to be so in times of trouble. I have found Jesus Christ to be a personal saviour to me. I've not just read about him in the Bible, the guidebook, as it were, but I have come uh, to shelter in him. So, so that's the first reason, a wonderful reason. God is our refuge. That's our secret as a church. Uh, it's not our numbers. It's not our buildings. It's not our resources. It is God himself who is our refuge. And then there's a second reason uh, why so many have been comforted uh, from this psalm. It's not just that God in Christ is our shelter, but secondly, there is a stability to be had uh, in Jesus Christ. Uh, look at uh, how it is put in the following verses. Verse 2, therefore we will not fear even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. What's more stable than the earth and especially mountains? Uh, they are the things that we consider that will stand forever. But in the picture here, 
the things that are most enduring are shaking and are sinking into the midst of the seas. And all the things that are unstable are overwhelming us, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. And aren't we living in times like that? Who would have imagined a few months ago that we would not have been able to meet in church? Things that we've taken for granted for many, many decades. Now, suddenly, our world is being turned upside down. Who would have thought that people would have been fined for gathering in a park just to enjoy a picnic? It would have been unimaginable. It would have gone against our democratic rights a few months ago. But now, things that we have long cherished and taken for granted are suddenly uh, removed from us. My friends, in these turbulent times, uh, whether we are Christians or not, our greatest need is for stability, for something at least that remains the same. And you know, this is the wonderful thing about this psalm. This is why so many people have been comforted by it. Jesus Christ, our shelter, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that amazing? I, I um, never know uh, what hymns to choose uh, when leading worship. There are so many good hymns to choose from. And this was one hymn we were going to have, but uh, we, we've gone for another hymn at the close of our service. But listen to the hymnist uh, echoing what the psalmist has discovered. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He alone is my shelter. He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone. Listen to this. This solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought or storm. It doesn't matter, even if the mountains, even if the most stable things are shaking and sinking, we are still standing on firm ground if we are in Jesus Christ. We're stable in him. I uh, discovered uh, that um, Spurgeon, one of my heroes, the 19th century Victorian preacher, Charles Adam Spurgeon, uh, he was really helped by this psalm. Uh, he uh, uh, would say, we've never known what strength is till our weakness drives us to God's omnipotence, God's all-powerful arms. And those powerful arms remain stable when other arms, when arms of flesh, when human props are giving way. And there's something so timeless about what Spurgeon then went on to say. Let me read. It's a lengthy quotation, but it could have been written these last few weeks. This is how relevant God's word is. It's always, uh, always speaks into our situation. Spurgeon says, whatever happens, uh, speaking on this psalm, whatever happens 
to the man or woman who has God to be his God, he need not fear because none of these things will affect the ground of his confidence. No calamity will change God's love to us. Suppose we should witness an earthquake, a storm, a famine, a pestilence like what we are experiencing now, a war. None of these can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The temporal calamities, the things of time, do not touch the vital, the most important matter. Such things have no influence upon the unchangeable love of God, except to make it more clear. Praise his name. When uh, things are shaking, when, as it were, God is uh, in his sovereign providence rattling our cages, it is then that the things that are of lasting value, our relationship to God, our soul, our eternal destiny, uh, that covenant love of Jesus Christ, only then do those things become clearer and more precious to us. Or have you found, uh, Christian, have you found uh, this solid ground in Jesus Christ? And as we're on the second point of the stability that is ours in Jesus Christ, there's a slight change of metaphor. Uh, up till now, uh, the psalmist has been thinking of the picture of Jesus Christ as our shelter. But then uh, there is a change. Look at verse 4. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. The city of God. And then we're told about this city of God, that she shall not be moved. Verse 5. That's a slightly different metaphor. So not only uh, is Jesus Christ our shelter, but Jesus Christ is our city. Now this is a picture uh, that the Bible, not just the Old Testament, but it's carried through into the New Testament. Uh, it's an illustration of what it is to belong to Jesus Christ. We are members of the city of Zion. Now Zion, Mount Zion, is one of the hills upon which Jerusalem is built upon. And uh, in these times of lockdown, we, we are reminded that the church isn't the bricks and mortar uh, that we meet in uh, down Witchet Road, even though I'm sure we long to be back there to see one another's faces again and worship together. But that isn't the city of God. The, the city of God is something uh, that is invisible, it's spiritual. And when we are sheltering in Christ, we are not just in a shelter, but we are citizens of Zion, this city of God. So we are citizens of Cardiff, and I'm sure we're proud uh, to be living in this beautiful city. But as well as that, we are citizens of the city of God. And as Augustine of Hippo uh, put it, when uh, the city of this world is falling apart, as it was doing in Augustine's day. Uh, the Roman Empire was beginning to crumble in his day. Rome was being invaded uh, by the Goths, uh, but Augustine uh, belonged to a city that was immovable, uh, the city of God. And so are we citizens of that city.
if we are in Jesus Christ. Uh, one of the verses that has comforted me in recent weeks is Hebrews 12, 28. We receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Cannot be shaken. Verse 6 in the psalm, the nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. There is great uncertainty as to the future. We don't know what will happen to our jobs, maybe. We don't know what will happen to some institutions that have been around for a long time. We don't know what will happen even to the nations. But in the end, does it matter? Because our citizenship is in heaven and we belong to a kingdom that cannot be moved. No, no wonder Luther found such encouragement singing uh, this uh, psalm. When I was visiting our missionaries in Germany a few years ago, the Schraders, uh, they took me uh, to Eisenach, uh, and that's where you've got uh, the massive uh, castle, the Wartburg, uh, where Luther hid uh, for a year or so uh, from uh, the, um, the emperor and from the Roman Catholic Church that were going after his life. And um, Luther, uh, he was inspired there. And I don't know if it was there that he uh, wrote the hymn that is based on this psalm. It just catches uh, the uh, safety and stability of belonging to this city of God. Um, listen to these words. God's word for all their craft, all those that are against us, for all their craft and force. One moment will not linger, but spite of hell shall have its course, tis written by his finger. And this is what Luther found. Oh, he was going through much worse calamities than we are facing. But we can say the same if we are members of this city of God. And though they take our life, goods, honours, children, Wife, yet is their profit small. These things shall vanish all. The city of God remaineth. Blessed be our God, who has put us in such a stable relationship in Jesus Christ. And then let me hurry on to my third and final points. This psalm is such a comfort because it speaks of God in Christ as our shelter and our stability. And then thirdly, our sufficiency, our sufficiency. Have you ever been to Jerusalem? Uh, in the days of the psalmist, this was uh, the city of God, as it were, uh, in physical terms. Uh, Jerusalem uh, is a very small city. It was small in uh, the Bible times in comparison to the superpowers that surrounded Israel uh, and their huge cities. J Jerusalem was was tiny. It was so insignificant. How could this city be so secure and so stable against such enemies? And then there's something else about Jerusalem. Uh, it came home to me when I was privileged to visit Jerusalem uh, in the summer. Its location is the worst possible location for a capital city. Not only is it built high up in the mountains, but when it was built, there was no natural water supply uh, for the city. How stupid to, to build a fortified city with no water supply inside of it. It would be easy 
for an invading army to besiege the city and just let the people die of thirst. So what one of the kings of Jerusalem did, Hezekiah, he built uh, an aquifer and a canal uh, and a tunnel uh, from uh, a water supply called the Pool of Siloam outside the walls. And he brought that water into the city. And um, I think um, if you uh, go to Jerusalem, uh, you can actually walk in Hezekiah's tunnel. It's very wet, but uh, it's something I didn't do, but uh, it just makes it very uh, vivid. Uh, so uh, you can think now uh, of these verses. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. So uh, here is this Jerusalem uh, without natural water supply within its walls, uh, but there is this uh, channel, uh, this river, uh, that is bringing uh, the water into the city so that it is well provided for. It's sufficient uh, to keep the people of God, not just protecting them, but nourishing them. Now then, we are not in a physical city. Uh, we're not thinking of the physical Jerusalem, but we're thinking of the city of Zion. We're thinking of Jesus Christ. How is he sufficient? How uh, is he uh, providing everything we need? I think I've said this before, but when I went to Bible college, I was uh, given the best piece of advice ever uh, by uh, a gentleman who had never been to Bible college, but he had a wise head on. And he said to me, you'll be going to this very sound, very reformed evangelical Bible college, and you will probably be asked all sorts of questions by people as to what ism you believe in, what particular uh, doctrines, uh, secondary, tertiary things uh, you have strong convictions on. What you've got to tell them when they ask you is this, I have an all-sufficient saviour. My friends, that's the secret. That's what brings comfort to us in times of trouble, that in Jesus Christ we have an all-sufficient saviour. Now look at what makes him sufficient. Uh, we just need to look in detail at verse 4. The holy place to begin with, the tabernacle of the Most High. What's that? Well, if you think of Jerusalem, the physical Jerusalem, uh, there is Mount Zion to the south, where the city of David, the first part, was built. And then just north of that, there is another mount called Mount Moriah. And it was on Mount Moriah uh, that Solomon uh, built the temple uh, before then uh, the, the tabernacle uh, was the place uh, where they offered sacrifices to God. But what I want to say here is this, Jesus Christ is our all in all because he is our tabernacle. What's the tabernacle? I know some churches use it as a name and it's a good name for a church, but the essence of the tabernacle was, it was the tents uh, where God himself dwelt and in the Old Testament, the people of God had, in their wilderness wanderings, the tents uh, where the glory of God, the Shekinah cloud was. And then later, they built the temple where God made his presence. But once Jesus Christ came, uh, the temple 
uh, was done away with. What need was there now for a physical building for God to dwell in? Because in Jesus Christ, in this man, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily. And Jesus Christ is alive today. And whatever we stand in need of is in him. Little Jerusalem, how can uh, that small, insignificant city withstand the onslaught of the enemy? Ah, that's the secret. It's not uh, the city that is strong in itself. It's not its walls. It's not its size that matters. But the person that is in the tabernacle, God himself. And it's like that for us as God's people. We may feel insignificant. Uh, we may feel nobodies in comparison to the world round about us. There is talk that some chapels may not even reopen after this lockdown because they're so small. But our secret is not in our size. It's not in our buildings. It's not in anything we do. It's in Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who is uh, not just in heaven, but dwelling in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We are the temples now of God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, the God-man. Oh, have you come to see that, to believe in him? Uh, there was no fullness in uh, anything else uh, but in Jesus Christ. Uh, that's why he alone is our hope. God incarnate. But then there's something else. What else happened in the temple or the tabernacle? There's talk of the holy place. The holy place. What was that? Well, this was the place in the tabernacle where sacrifices were made. Uh, a lamb or another animal uh, was killed and the blood was shed. And as a result of that blood, uh, the storm of God's anger, which we all deserve, is pacified, is turned away from the people and those people who are trusting in God's way of salvation are forgiven. And what sufficiency have we found in Jesus Christ? Uh, that's why he's the shelter uh, from the storm of God's righteous judgments. In Christ alone, our hope is found. Christ, not just the God-man, but Christ, as we'll be remembering tonight in the communion, hanging on that cross, the sacrifice, and bearing our sins upon his own body on the tree, shedding his precious blood, so that the wrath of God, which should fall on us, is taken on him, so that there is no more condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Is Christ and him crucified your sufficiency? Oh, the Apostle Paul, he said, I do not want to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Oh, this is the glory of the church of Zion. This is why a cross is often the symbol of the church. There was nothing uh, significant about Jerusalem. There is nothing seemingly significant about Jesus Christ hanging on that cross. It wasn't a beautiful cross. It was an old, rugged cross. But the one hanging on it is the spotless Son of God. And what he accomplished on that cross was eternal salvation for you 
and for me. And then there's mention of this river flowing from the city, not going into the city as King Hezekiah built his channel and canal, but now the river of God flowing from the city. Oh, where does our sufficiency spring from? Not our own hearts. It comes from Jesus Christ. And where especially does it spring from? It springs from his cross. It's only because of what he did for us on that cross that grace and blessings and peace and mercy and whatever else we stand in need of can come to us. Oh, uh, the hymn. Uh, we're going to sing it at the close. I'm nearly done, don't worry. But Newton put it beautifully. See, he says, see, have you seen? The streams of living waters springing from eternal love. Well supply thy sons and daughters and all fear of want remove. Who can faint while such a river ever flows their thirst to assuage to break? Grace, which like the Lord the giver never fails from age to age. Toilet paper may fail, uh, food may fail, but Jesus Christ's grace is an ever uh, supply for us to tap into. Oh, have, have you trusted in Jesus Christ? That's all that matters. Having repented and believed in him, we are still unmovable, unshakable, even though we are insignificant and weak and small because we are tapped into that grace. We are even uh, swimming in that river. Uh, I like that illustration. Uh, oh, uh, there's only one response. What is it? It's maybe the most famous verse in this psalm. Be still. Do you know what that means? Stop. That's what the word seller means. Some preachers read it out. I don't, because it means silence. Stop. Stop talking. Stop trying to tell God what you think he should do. Stop trying to save yourself. Stop panicking and believe. Trust. Look, call on Jesus Christ. You know, you've got to preach. It's not just me preaching now. You've got to preach to yourself. Say, be still, stop, my soul. The Lord doth undertake. Leave to thy God, not just to save, but to order and provide. Thy hope, thy confidence, let nothing shake. All now mysterious. I don't understand what's happening. What's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to our families? What's going to happen to our church? All now mysterious shall be bright at last. Wonderful. Be still and know that I am God. The God of hosts is with us. Isn't that a paradox? We are weak. We are small. But it doesn't matter. One with God is a majority. The omnipotent God, the God of the hosts of heaven and earth is with us. 
And there's a lovely promise. I'll close with this. And he shall help her right early. Verse 5. That's how the authorised version puts it. Uh, better in the New King James. He shall help her just at the break of dawn. Does it feel dark at the moment for you? One of the Puritans said, it's often darkest just right before the dawn. When we have given up all hope, maybe of saving ourselves, maybe as Christians of finding a solution to our problems, when we have given up, God intervenes at the break of dawn. Maybe during this lockdown, you'll have more time to uh, not just read, but maybe watch uh, some uh, great films. And I've been watching again uh, The Lord of the Rings, and I was watching last night the second part, The Two Towers. I've often used an illustration from the third part, The Return of the King. Uh, there's a very famous battle scene in that. But there's just as famous a battle scene toward the end of The Two Towers. Uh, you've got the good guys, uh, the people of Rohan and their king, Theoden. They are trapped in the fortress of Helm's Deep and they are surrounded by a far greater army of orcs. That's the enemy. And it looks as if it's all over. It's night for them in every sense of the word. But there's a deliverer, Gandalf, and he said to one of the people on the good side, Aragon, he said to Aragon, look to my coming at dawn, look to the east. And just as it seemed as if the armies of Rohan were defeated, they see in the window, looking to the east, the light of dawn, and they decide, they didn't know then, only Aragon knew that Gandalf was going to come to their help, but they decide to ride out for one last time, even if they died. And then, surrounded by the enemy, they see Gandalf and the others, the riders of Rohan, coming down and the lights of the sun blinding the enemies right at the break of dawn. And God is saying to us, you may think it's dark, you may think there's no help coming, you may have given up, don't give up. Ride out one more time. Christian, step out one more time in faith, even if you die trying. And look, look to the east, yes, to the east, to Jerusalem. Look, not just to that cross where Jesus finished the work of our salvation. No more to be done to deal with our enemies. But look and see an empty tomb. Look on the third day at the dawn, the last enemy, death, being defeated because Jesus rose from the grave. Don't look to Gandalf, but look to King Jesus, who will come even when we have, as it were, given up. At the dawn, he will deliver us. Oh, my friends, is God your refuge, your stability, your sufficiency? Have you found Jesus Christ to be such? Or oh, come to him if you haven't. And if you are, 
in Jesus Christ. Join Spurgeon, Luther, the crowd on the Isle of Lewis as the soldiers were marching out many to their deaths. Join them in saying, maybe singing, you can sing if you want. God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in times of trouble. For his name's sake. Amen.